During our last two broadcasts, we've been talking about the problem of helping others through listening. Now, I just want to recapitulate a couple of things that I've said on those last two broadcasts for those of you who have tuned in for the first time or who may have missed one or the other of those broadcasts. First of all, we're looking at Proverbs 18.13, which in the Berkeley version reads this way, He who answers before he hears, it is a folly to him and a reproach. Now we've said that while listening is a very important and vital part of counseling, that it isn't everything in counseling. It's not an end in in and of itself. It certainly is not the all in all of counseling as some have claimed. It's like we said the battery in the car, which is altogether important and vital for the car running, but it has no wheels in and of itself. You can't drive a battery. So it's only one aspect of counseling. It's not the whole thing. And it's a kind of listening that we're talking about here. It's a listening for facts, for the data that one needs in order to give a good answer. We said that the verse assumes that we have a tendency to answer before we hear. And we were examining some of the reasons and the ways in which people might answer before they hear. We saw that they were often too anxious to speak because they might have a few pat answers or solutions to everything, because they might fail to recognize and distinguish true diversities so that they stereotype people like Job's counselor stereotyped him. They knew the answers. Why bother to gather facts? And even when he pled with them and protested against their analysis of the situation, they still didn't listen to him. They failed to love him, as 1 Corinthians 13 says, in which love believes all things. But a person counseling another who really wants to help another must believe what the other says. He must listen carefully and listen with belief if he wants to really get the truth. And even if the other person is is lying, he still believes, even believes the lie. Love runs the risk of being lied to, of being deceived. He believes this until the facts themselves drive him to doubt the other person's word. Now, that doesn't make a Christian hopelessly naive so that he goes on and on and on and on and on believing lies. No. If he really takes a person seriously at his word and continues to ask questions for more details, it's very difficult for a person to lie or deceive or to misrepresent in detail. Not only that, if he begins then to give homework, begins to get the person to act on the basis of the facts that he supposedly has been revealing, very soon the fact of a lie will come to the fore. So it's not a matter of being hopelessly naive, but it is a matter of going into a listening situation with a willingness to love that other person, love him enough to believe him. And then we said that there were some people who failed to distinguish the levels of response. A person says, I'm nervous all the time, and they stop right there and say, okay, take this pill. But that's not the only reason for nervousness of some organic or physical problem. Indeed, most of the time, what is called nervous is not organically caused. It may be an organic manifestation, but not caused. Usually, there's some kind of behavioral difficulty underneath of it. Maybe the person is nervous because he's afraid the income tax people are going to get him. And maybe he's got that problem with the income tax because he's built his whole life around lying and cheating. And so he may not only need to deal with the income tax that he just uh, filed, but he also may need to deal with a whole life pattern of lying. And then, of course, things that look alike are not always the same. Even when the effect is the same, they may have different causes. A person may act in a bizarre way, for example, in order to throw you off of his track as camouflage. 
Or he may act in a bizarre way because of sleep loss. You know, two and a half or more days of significant sleep loss can cause every effect of LSD in some people. Or he may act in a bizarre way because he's taken LSD or some other hallucinogenic drug. Or he may act in a bizarre way because that's just the way he's learned to act over a long period of time. Or he may act in a bizarre way because you put it in. You can fill in the blanks yourself almost because who knows how many reasons there might be for this same effect. Just as you can get a red nose, as we saw on another broadcast, from all sorts of causes of lying under the sun lamp, being punched in it, getting a, a pimple on it, or getting uh, drunk and boozing all the time. There are lots of causes for the same effect. So you have to listen to find out what's behind this particular problem. And of course, one of the most serious reasons why some people don't listen, we pointed out last time. In verse 2 of this 18th chapter of Proverbs, we read that a fool does not delight in understanding, but only in revealing his own opinion. Some people fail to listen because they don't want to hear. They don't really want to help. They don't really care about the person to whom they're talking. They're only there in order to show their own wisdom, to show how smart they are and give their own ideas and their own opinions on the subject. That, of course, is a very tragic thing when that occurs. Now, let's go on today a little bit more. You must hear, this verse says, that is, you must gather facts before answering. But notice, this verse doesn't stress listening alone as some have done, but it is listening for facts. There's more later on about this in this 18th chapter that we're going to look at in, uh, in a broadcast or two ahead. But right now, notice, you're listening for facts in order that you might give an answer. You see, the people who stress listening alone are people who think that you're not supposed to answer others. But this verse talks about a situation in which you're listening in order to answer. You're not listening uh, just for the sake of listening or because listening itself will do any good. As a matter of fact, listening can do a lot of harm. When the person comes to you and he spills out his whole problem and he feels better, he may seem to be a lot better right off because he's gotten it off his chest. But if you don't give him God's answers, he'll go away, and the problem is still there, growing larger every day. And he may go away then saying, five hours, five days later, waking up to the fact that he feels just as bad or far worse, saying, well, I guess God has no answer to the problem because I went to that Christian who really knows the Bible, and he or she didn't give me an answer. So if that person doesn't know, knowing so much more about the Bible than I do, then surely God doesn't have an answer. Well, that can be a very tragic thing, and people can blow their heads off before you know it under that kind of a situation. But this picture is a data gathering situation. That's what's contrasted to the quick answer situation. There is no indication in the passage that listening itself is of any great benefit in solving problems. Indeed, if the problem is so small that a person can find the answers to it by talking and nobody responding to him or giving him an answer, then the problem could have been solved by the person himself on his own. He didn't really even have to talk to another. So this idea that if somebody is calling you up on the phone every day and is saying to you, now, I just feel so much better uh, if you'll let me talk to you, if you'll just listen to me, and you hang on the phone and let this person hold a pity party with you day after day after day on the phone, you're not doing anything for that person. You're really hurting the situation rather than helping. Why don't you say to that person the next time he calls, listen, I want to know what the facts are. If you really want to get some answers from God's Word, I'm going to listen to you. But I'm going to listen for facts only so that I can soon talk to you about God's solutions. And just as soon as you can, as soon as you do have the facts, turn from the problem to God's solutions. 
And you either find that the person's going to begin to solve his problems according to the solutions of the Word of God that you give to him, or this person's going to stop calling you up and wasting hours of your day because really what he, he wants anyway is just sympathy, not to get his problem solved. And giving sympathy that way is not really true sympathy because if you care enough for a person, you should care enough to want to see his problem solved, not just to be a release valve for him whenever the pressure gets too tight. So I suggest to you that you listen, and you listen hard to what a person has to say for the facts, and then take those facts and take the Word of God and whatever it says about what must be done about those facts and quickly give that, as soon as you have the real facts, to the person. You'll find those whom you can help and those who really don't want it that way. Lord, bless us in our listening to others that we may truly help them. We pray for Christ's sake. Amen.